Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastgate Rewatch, it's season 3, episode 4. I am Carl Hats, and joining me is Red Nightmare, as always. The wheels on the bus go round and round and round. And, round. <laughs> and then they fall off. Yes. <laughs> Listen, the wheels came off this show a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean came off? They uh, just did it have any? <laughs> they just exploded off in a direction and we've been dragging this cart for at least half a season. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is part two of the uh, self-inflicted wounds two-parter. Mm-hmm. And this part is called Wait for the Wheel. And I think we said like last week, I mentioned that. We're like, what, does, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, we find out. Yeah, there is actually a, there's a quite nice explanation in this episode, which we will get to. And uh, it's not just a weird title. So, of course, we since this is a two-parter, we're continuing on from last week. And as always, it opens with, you know, previously on Farscape. Basically, Moya get, gets stuck in a wormhole and gets merged with an alien research vessel. Yeah. It's basically that. And they can only really get one of the ships out of there. Moya is... Systems are going down all over the place. Mm-hmm. They have to choose one to save, and everyone is trying to make the case for Moya, but it looks really bad. She's basically falling apart, and they're not entirely sure if they should stick with her because there's a decent chance she won't survive. Yeah, and there's a bunch of wormhole information on the alien ship, and they can't take that information out. If they destroy the alien ship, then that information is gone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of playing into what John is uh, deciding, because he has has a chat with Harvey, and Harvey's like, "Why well, I can't believe you would take Moya, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, also, because things there weren't enough problems, there's a, a big serpenty thing flying yeah. around Moya, chasing people. And that, it's, it's about to eat John at the end of the last episode. Yeah. So, like, it's in Pilot's Den, John jumps off to the side, he's hanging on to the edge. And that's yeah. where it's said to be continued, and that's exactly where we pick up. So what John does is he manages to get his pulse pistol, and he says, Winona, don't fail me now. <laughs> and and uh, she doesn't. No, yep, comes through, scares off the uh, serpent. But the problem is that uh, in the confusion or whatever, he threw it at the imaging device off to the mm-hmm. side, and it's now broken. And on that imaging device, he saw the three stooges. Yep, and... He's trying to explain this to uh, Aaron and Zan. And he's like, no, no, you know what this means? It means that there's a part of this wormhole that's like 40 light years from Earth. I could get home. I like Zan's, well, I'm very happy for you in this time of crisis, John. Yeah. It's like, flatly like, yeah, no, that's exactly what we should be worried about yeah. right now. We've got bigger problems here, John. <laughs> and then she asks, where is uh, Niala's crew member? Oh, yeah, injured crew member, because there was some of uh, the alien blood on the floor. Which is, it's sort of like pale blue color. Yeah. And John's like, there was no one here. That must be serpent blood. It's like, no, it's it's not. It's it's the same blood from the aliens. It's like, but there wasn't anyone here. And they're like, wait a minute. They kind of figure out that the generator in the alien ship, which is called a Fastilan, which I know mm. now because it's written down <laughs> for me. Fastilan generator. And they said, what does it do? Or it changes the phase of objects. That's how they were going to yeah, separate. The phase state. That's why they're merged in the first place and how they're going to separate. And they're like, could that make someone invisible? And like, it totally could. Oh. oh. 
So, yeah, invisible aliens now? <laughs> yeah, we cut to the alien ship. Yeah. Our... Niala and Kritargo. Yeah, Kritargo is like, I'm growing weak. Niala's like, well, I wouldn't uh, send you if it wasn't absolutely necessary. Mm. Like, you need to keep uh, sabotaging their ship so that they think she deteriorates faster than she does. And so they don't gain any hope and rally behind her. Yeah. Turns out Moya is actually not in as bad shape as they thought and it's in bad shape just not this bad yeah it's been sabotaged which explains in the previous episode when she was sending off the uh, younger alien to yeah. she said like they must not know your true purpose and it's like and in fact we see Kritago do it he puts his hand on the generator like pad and they open it up and he just becomes invisible mm-hmm. and again it also explains why she's like I don't like sending you to your death because basically they can do that, turn invisible, but they get exposed to the radiation from the generator, which is killing them. That last bit isn't explicit. That's something we have to infer. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear if you put it together with what happened in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about this more a bit later, but this episode works better if you watch it back to back with part one. Yes. There's a lot of things I'm like that would have been nice if you'd put it at the end of one instead of the start of two. Yeah, it's filling in the blanks. It's like it helps to have watched that last episode much more recently. Anyway, so, Kuitago turns invisible and Niala says, all right, off you go, sabotage the ship. And then, oh, this next scene I really like. Conceptually, I like it. It's, there's a few... Narratively, I'm slightly disappointed by it. I do admit that it was like, oh, we're doing this. But it doesn't actually, it's not so bad. So here's what happens. We've got... Chiana, Crichton, and Rigel in a access corridor or a nexus chamber, and you've got Dargo, Zan, and Stark, and Aaron all in, I think, just in command. And they're both discussing the same thing. What to do. Yeah, they're like, do we go on the alien ship? Are they lying? You know, can we trust them? And it's very cute because they do a little cute thing where they cut between both groups. Mm-hmm. But they're talking about the same thing. John's like, can we trust the aliens? And it cuts to the other group, and Dargo's like, no, we we absolutely can't. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> they answer each other, but are cutting across the two um, groups. Conversations. Yeah. I actually quite like it, like how that works. It can feel a little bit contrived, especially when they're, you know, seem to be asking the exact same questions. But um, I, I think it works really well. I like it because they're also slightly setting up that these two groups are working independently of each other. Yeah. Where in one conversation, John says, I trust Dargo on this, which Dargo in the other conversation responds, so I don't trust John's judgment. Yeah, that's why they're in these two groups, because Aaron, I think, also mentions, like, no, we, John is blinded by wormholes. We can't really you know, trust him with this. And I'm certain he's talking to Scorpius again. Yep. They're not sure if they can rely on Crichton. I was like, oh, we're going to have two groups working for the same goal, but not knowing it and trying to keep it a secret. So they work against each other. Interesting. Interesting. No, no, they don't deliver on that so much. That's why I'm like, conceptually, Uh, I like it. Narrative payoff. There isn't really one. No. I mean, get ahead of ourselves. But basically, I was expecting a lot more conflict than there wasn't any (laughs) from that. So yeah, basically they, they both come up with the same plan. Yeah, act normal, just you know, play it cool, and we're gonna try and figure out if it is really an invisible, you know, saboteur. They're gonna use uh, secret channels, two separate secret channels, of course, <laughs> and uh, they're gonna set up certain things in such a way that it can only be done by somebody uh, who isn't there. So Rigel goes off to search underneath Pilot's Den for any more evidence of mm-hmm. sabotage. And then we cut back to the other group and 
<laughs> right. Also, with the other group of Aaron and Dargo and Stark and Zan, Jewel is also there, with uh-huh. still with the gag on her, on her mouth. <laughs> and as Aaron walks away and wants to say something, she's <coughs> what the. Pulls she takes something out of her mouth, and Stark. Just matter of fact, she says she sheds. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. that's pretty funny. So the next scene is Crichton and Dargo in the new ship that they found and managed to open this last episode. Yes, I, like I, I do like this scene quite a lot. We now get to see inside it. It's think of like a small shuttlecraft kind of yeah. size with just like two seats in the front. Yeah, barely any room in the back. Yeah. Dargo is just fiddling with the controls and like, what, what are you doing here? It's like, ah, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he, I'm like, oh, oh, it's starting, it's starting. Yeah, and uh, Dargo, you know, pushes buttons and lights come on on the outside and it seems to be some sort of scan or something. It's like, I'm not sure what most of this does. Somehow the ship feels familiar. Yeah, says. I don't know where they're going with that. But anyway, the two of them are just sitting there and, and we get Dargo opening up about What's been going on? He says, like, Chiana's a young woman. She requires attention. John counters with, well, look, you were looking for your son. It's You don't, you can't blame yourself for that. Yeah, it's it's totally understandable that you weren't able to provide all your attention and that stuff. And he says, no, I neglected Chiana. And he says what worries him the most is that he did his very best, but it wasn't enough. And he, and he lost both of them. Uh, Chiana and Jothi. And I'm impressed and I guess slightly mad at the fact that he apparently blames himself for all this. <laughs> Where I'm pretty sure he's maybe at, li- at best 5%. I think 95% well. was not his fault. <laughs> Again, it's to this show's credit that they've made this whole situation a very nuanced thing and not just black and white because it starts out with Dargo being very angry at both of them but he's like realizing that he was putting too much pressure on Chiana or something like That's that. That's probably, yeah. And he, he has that wherewithal to be like, you know, no, I neglected her and then, you know, wasn't paying attention to her what she wanted. Mm. And so, you know, this is what happened. I personally see it a bit more black and white, but I do understand where Darwin's well, coming from, that, thinking like, I can't change anything that they did. Yes. What could I have done differently? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And yeah, I think that it's certainly in Dargo's character to certainly now to be that reflective and to blame himself, even if it's not necessarily true, yeah. you know. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at, is that even if the situation is black and white, like Dargo looking in on himself and like, man, I, what did I do wrong? What and did like, I do? Yeah. I can't believe I lost both of them. Is there anything that I could have done differently? What they did, I can't change, but could I have done something else? And John, this is when we get the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. He says, his grandmother used to say that uh, life is like a great wheel. Sometimes you get lifted up by it, other times you get ground down into the dirt by it. Yeah. <laughs> like the Dargo says, are we strapped to this wheel? It's like, oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, that's a given. But um, the point is, most times you get a second chance, you just have to wait for the wheel. And that's a nice, I oh, like... Oh, wait nice for thing. the wheel! The title! The title, title. dropped! That's the, that's yeah. the name of the episode. <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like that from John. You know, he's got a bit of his other family's, you know, southern wisdom or whatever it is. <laughs> And I do like the the friendship of these two, even though they've you know butted heads in the past. They are still friends. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little scene of the two of them. Meanwhile, uh, with Rigel, who was searching under Pilot's den, he's found the other alien's body and her well, name, half of it, half of it. <laughs> As Rigel uh, puts it, is uh, Shrina was her name, and it looks like oh she was bitten in half by the serpent, but it's underneath Pilot's den. 
And so they never saw her in there. It's like, she must have been invisible. Aha, okay, proof. And Aaron says, okay, open up the uh, gills on the side of their head and take out one of the needles from there. She's like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Aaron says, I like to know my enemy. Good thinking. Yeah, but then Zan, who is still suffering quite badly because she's dying, remember? And, you know, the front of her head has turned red. She's got, you know, pustules all over her head and... But this time she snaps and her eyes turn red, which we've seen several times before. Yeah, that's usually when she goes um, Delphian hyper-rage. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and she says, Niala's betrayal must be punished. Kill them, stop them. And very aggressive and mm-hmm. not herself. Aaron stops her. Yeah, Aaron manages to calm her down. And she says, actually, it was a bad trade, my health for yours, Zan. I'm just a soldier. But Zan says, no, don't underestimate yourself. You're undervaluing who you are. Yeah, and then I love what she does because she says, we're not so different, you and I. We were both come from a very violent past and had a transformative experience on board this very ship. And I love that parallel because in some ways it's true. Yeah, it's like two characters who on the surface are very different. But like she says, you know, underneath they they do have a similar path. And yeah, don't underestimate yourself. It's It's a running theme with Aaron is that like, you know, she still sees herself as just a peacekeeper, just a soldier, but she has been, you know, repeatedly, you know, from John and others, like, no, you are more than that. You can be more than that. You are more than that. You're worth more than that. She very said. much is by yeah. now. Yeah, by this point, you know, she's a part of the crew. She's part of the family. So then we go to see Stark and Jewel, because Stark is working on a conduit and access panel, and Jewel is still tied up, but she's had her gag removed. She's complaining. Which, okay. <laughs> Jewel gets a very bad rap in this episode because everybody is annoyed by her. But in her defense, she is in a pretty shitty situation that she has no <laughs> idea what's happening. And they did gag her and tie her up. Yeah. So she... I think they're all being a bit too harsh with her. <laughs> but yes, we find out that basically she was on like a galactic cruise. It's like a 16 system cruise. And then I get frozen for 22 cycles and by a group of prisoners and all oh my cousin is dead and is ah and Stark's like you know the gag is still an option right (laughs) (laughs) and then he goes back to works like look we need to fix this Uh, there's stuff to be done please just calm down and she keeps complaining and complaining and yeah that's when Stark snaps and when Stark snaps Stark snaps he snaps hard because he's like yeah, he turns metal bar broken into two. <laughs> he just turns around. And it's like, oh, I'll, you want to cry? I'm going to show you. I will show you something that will make you cry forever. Just freaking out manically and saying, no, 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 you don't want to cry. Oh, oh no, it's so, he, so sad. He goes, he goes way better because he just turns around, dead. Yeah, everyone dead. All of us dead. My love dead. You dead. All of us dead. And it's just the manic. Oh, it's brilliant. Paul Goddard does so well. Yeah. My dad's dad, the actor playing him. Mm. And then he says, yeah, like, he starts unhooking his mask and wants to remove it and says, like, I'll show you something that'll make you cry forever. Yeah. I'm like, holy God, F yeah. Stark, back off. I know that you could do that. Like, this is not a rational no, thing no. he's doing. He's never been this aggressive. Yeah, I mean, everyone... especially at something that should be just a minor annoyance. Yeah, but like I said, Stark is unpredictable with this kind of stuff. And I think it's also the, the looming death of Zahn. Oh, that's... definitely, yeah. It's weighing heavily on him. And he you know, starts unhooking his mask and he's going to lift it off to shine into her face. But then a panel like shorts out. Uh, also, Jewel starts screaming again, you know, 
get close-ups of little bits of metal melting. I love the effect on that, by the way. She yeah. screams, but they amplify it and distort it somehow. Yeah, they t- like, turn the pitch up a little bit. But then the panel shorts out, and Stark kind of snaps out of it. It's like He looks at the panel, it's like, okay, this was offline. There's no way that this broke while it was offline, so somebody came in here and broke it. Yes. Someone invisible. There was someone invisible here. <laughs> Just the way he delivers that line. Like, it's great. In any other series, they would have called him crazy. <laughs> I, I, I mean... No, 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 no. I okay. mean, in this case, the fact that there was someone invisible okay, here yeah, right, they know right. is true. I mean, Stark Just the way also... he says it, this, this is something you hear in another episode where uh, a slightly unhinged character goes like to the rest of the crew. No, no, there was someone invisible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, sure there was. No, yeah. no, this time they're like, okay, right, now we found the invisible person. Good. <laughs> so, now we cut back to uh, Niala, who is talking to the rest of the crew. Yeah, because they've basically confronted her with it. Yeah. This is now the point at which, like, everyone is there, including Crichton and Aaron, and now it's like they're both working together, and yeah, there was no so real conflict between their two plans, and like, wait, you were doing this, wait, you were doing this, suddenly they're just like, okay, we both agree that there's Never gets mentioned person. again that they might yeah. have to. That's what I meant with something narratively interesting could have happened, but they just didn't go yeah. with it. I'm, In that case, I would have preferred if they were just having the same conversation. I had kind of a, a different reaction to it, in that the whole, like, they split up into groups, and they work on the same plan, but they end up working against each other and ruining the plan because they didn't communicate. That's a whole nother trope that I was like, oh, okay, that's a little bit of manufactured drama just to have that not work. You know? I agree. It's one of the tropes that frustrates me the most. Yeah. But they were completely setting up for it. Well, that's why I'm disappointed they didn't deliver on it. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to set something up, we deliver on it. But on the other hand, I'm kind of glad they didn't because yeah, that's frustrating. In that case, don't annoying. set it up. Yeah. You know, that, that that's is my to- point. That it's is it's totally not the fair. fact that, they did, that I'm okay with them not doing it. I have a problem with them setting it up. Setting up and then not doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. So anyway, they're now, you know, together on this and are uh, interrogating Niana. And she says their mission or the mission of her ship is guaranteed by their families. Basically, if they don't come back, their families are executed. Holy shit. I mean, what the hell kind of culture do you come from? Jeez. Okay, Anderson, I got paperwork here. I need that on my desk by five. And if you don't have it, I'm going to kill your wife. Uh, What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how is that a normal working environment? (laughs) How little do they trust their own people? That's why she's so desperate to get out of there and wants to save the ship. And, you know, the ship has all the data on it. So that's that's how they have to guarantee the family's safety to get them out. Yeah, but damn. <laughs> and now it's like, well, what are we all fighting for here? It's like, Moya is frailed. You know, there's not much else we can do. But what's left is the wormhole technology. I like Aaron going on when Niala says, well, empirically speaking, with those two all being equal... What else is left? And Aaron's like, oh, yes, the wormhole technology. No, that makes it completely okay, right? <laughs> Niala tries to appeal to John on this, and I, I think it's at this point that John's like, yeah, no. <laughs> Hesitantly, reluctantly, but you can see in his eyes, he's like, oh, the- I felt up. Wormhole technology is important, but it's not worth destroying the lives of this crew and this ship. He's finally kind of come around on that a little bit. I mean, I think he was never prepared to sacrifice Moya if she wasn't... Um, I mean, the, like we said, there was that little voice of Harvey on his shoulder telling yeah, 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 him, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's enough. 
Yeah, just exactly. A little bit of doubt. Just a little bit. That, that's where the interesting bit is. It's yeah, like, like he has... being influenced just, just a little bit towards... With other factors being there, he just yeah. might give up just a little bit sooner than normal. Exactly. So it's like Aaron says to Neil, okay, you need to stop Critago. He's like, well, he has no communication device. I couldn't tell him to stop even if I wanted to. Yeah. So he's going to continue his mission. If we give him a communication device, that would give him away. Exactly. So he's just going to keep going. So they have to go search for him. What they decide to do is they get the DRDs to uh, scan through the ship. Being Which called. looks a bit like a disco. Yeah, they put out green laser lights. And, you know, in order to actually show the green laser lights, they kind of have to have, like, the smoke or, like, a dry yeah, ice fog. <laughs> fog. And the only light is from the DRD's uh, scanner. Dargo's there with Chiana. They're and like, Chiana's okay. impressed with the idea. She asks, where do you get that from? Dargo doesn't answer, but it's clear he got that from the ship. Mm. The car right, away. because... It sent out the same types of lights. Yeah, it's basically some, some sort of scanning thing that yeah. the ship was able to do. And what they're looking for is disturbances in the lights, and uh, they're like, okay, if we see that, we just shoot. And there's a little hand, a silhouette of a hand that sort of drops into one of the light beams, and they're like, okay, well, it's over there. We found him. But yes. um, Chiana gets hit by one of the needles from his uh, from his gills and his head. But there's something really cool that happens, because uh, Britango shoots these needles at them, and Dargo suddenly turns into a freaking Jedi. Right? <laughs> yeah, he deflects it. He like, waves his quarter blade around. It's like, ting, 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 Got him. Except one and, of them gets yeah. into Chiana's leg. It's like, I guess Dargo is learning how to use the Force? <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> but because Chiana's been hit, Zan's like, right, okay, I've got to get Rigel's samples, and I've got to try and make an antidote for yeah. this uh, poison. And Dargo says, like, keep pressure on the wound. With what? Uh, grabs her leg. Throws her over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Picks her up. He's like, all right, let's go. But Zan says to Niala, it's like, okay, if Chiana dies, I will kill you. Meanwhile, Dargo and Chiana are chasing Butango. And she says, like, we, I can't see him. And he says, don't look. Listen. <laughs> don't try. Do. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And oh, um, that reminds actually, yeah. you know what that reminds Yoda's me. Yoda's actually mentioned at the right, start of the I episode. Forgot. I completely forgot. Yeah. So in the sorry, well, I'm just going to skip back for a second here I to will, the very first scene with uh, John, Aaron, and Tom. Yeah, where he's explaining. You know, I saw the image of the Three Stooges. This broadcast from Earth, and uh, Aaron is like, what, like Yoda from Dagobah? <laughs> and John's like, no, 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 Three Stooges. <laughs> and he actually does like some of that. And I, I and I completely understand Aaron and Zan's look of like what the what the hell are you talking hell? about? What? And have you lost your mind again? <laughs> She's like, well, whatever. It's, it's we got other problems. But funnily enough, the Yoda from Dagobah line was actually put in the script by Claudia Black <laughs> because she's like, I feel she felt like Aaron would have picked up on some of Crichton's pop culture stuff. It's also just a nice throwback to uh, IET. Yeah, the second episode yeah. where that happened. <laughs> yeah, where they where he says like, oh, you know, Yoda from Dagobah, <laughs> little green guy, Chinese warriors. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just I completely forgotten about that. Like, yeah, yeah, no, right. No, that's a actually nice... makes sense now with Dargo. He was learning it from John. Exactly, he was telling him the ways of the Force. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay. Anyway, they're looking for Kritago, and uh, well, they're listening for Kritago, and they hear him sort of move uh, over in one part of the corridor. So Dargo just shoots the quarter blade there. Yeah, and eventually he he misses two shots, and then 
one shot impacts at something halfway across the corridor, a large splat of blue blood. It's like, yep, found him, got him. And then we see a uh, blue blood, like, bloody like handprint on the wall, and like a kind of semi-invisible hand like slips yeah. down it. So it's like, well, got him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> How are they going to clean that body up if they can't see it? I it probably wears off after a while. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine them. Walking through that corridor, it's three episodes later. It's like, oh, oh God, I wish I'd put it that way. Yeah, no, <laughs> still need to clean that up. Wait, no, it must wear off because there was the female alien who was in the oh, yeah. stuff, yeah, in the, yeah who, right. who got bitten yeah. in half. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> but more importantly, the generator now on the uh, alien ship has reached, they say, optimal phase. Okay, it'll go through one more cycle when it's activated, and then when it releases they'll find out if the ships are going to separate or not. And uh, Niada's like, I, I can activate it and we'll have an on or so before we uh, split. And I like that John says to Aaron, like, do you want the delay? He asks her, mm, he defers yeah. to her in this decision, <clears throat> realizing, okay, I frailed up big time. You're in charge now. Yeah. Because apparently I can't, I can't be trusted. And so it's like, okay, no, we've got an on before the ships separate. But apparently they can't delay. They have to... Otherwise, the thing goes... Yeah, exactly. We've got to do it now. So, meanwhile, Dargo uh, has Stark and Rigel with him. Well, actually, there's a... <laughs> it's a they're going to reconnect Pilot to give him a chance at surviving this whole thing. But yeah. we start out with uh, Rigel going through the corridor by himself. It's like, what do you mean we're staying with Moya? This is ridiculous. It's insane. And then he's and then- joined by Dargo and Stark who walk in behind him. Yeah, who we was arguing with. I, was, I, I like that. It's just voting himself, and they join up. It's very uh, West Wing of like the uh, walk and talk where you get joined by some more people to <laughs> <You> go along. <laughs> and they're like, well, why are we staying on Moya? It's like, we had a vote. It's like, I didn't vote. <laughs> and, then, and then Stark's like, I voted in your stead, I think, or something. Literally says, I, I was your proxy vote. <laughs> <laughs> but what they're going to do is they're going to reconnect Pilot uh, to Moya, and they're going to connect him to Moya's adrenal secretion so that he can kind of wake up. Yeah, and the plan is to use Starburst to turn Moya so that it's Moya that goes into the wormhole and the other ship that is sent out through the walls where it will be ripped apart. This is all very not made clear. No, it's it's delivered fairly quickly, and it's basically like the, the gist is... When they separate, they're going to go tumbling through the wormhole. One of them will probably make it out. One of them will crash and burn. And they're going to try and starburst to make sure that it's Moya that survives. Yeah, so basically they're frilling over the other ship now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think they say that there's no other crew left there apart from the Yala. And they've decided that the wormhole data is not as important to them as Moya, so they're going to try and save Moya. Yeah, and apparently condemning the families of all those people that died on board the ship. You know, just, uh, I mean, don't, don't, don't worry about it. I, I oh, mean, sorry. <laughs> I mean, everyone else who... <laughs> but Rigel says, well, what happens if this doesn't work, if we're not done in time? And like, well, then we run to the other ship. <laughs> so, you know, let's get everything in order. And now Crichton and Aaron are getting ready for Starburst. Yeah, and they walk into the bridge where uh, Jewel and Yala are. And the serpent is also there. <laughs> well, actually, before we get to that, I, like this is also when Crichton says, "Like I really blew this one. You know, I really, yeah. I really screwed up here." And I, I do like Aaron's response: with, "Well, it's not over yet." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then uh, the serpent appears, and Jewel screams, of course, 
and they shoot at it, and the serpent gets away. Yeah, but it doesn't disappear. It doesn't phase out as it did before. No, it's just like, here now. <laughs> yeah, because now that the generator is working, they're stuck with that thing. It's been brought into the same phase as them. Um, it's going to stay that way until they're out. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so as Jewel screams, we get a close-up of Niala's restraints as yeah, well. They're melting a little bit because they're made of metal. Oh, I wonder if that will come into play later. I, I wonder if... <coughs> <coughs> He's foreshadowing um, that works. I, b- <laughs> I believe that is uh, Chekhov's handcuffs uh, up there. If there are handcuffs melting in one se- uh, at the start of the episode, then at the end of the episode, somebody has to be sharp at them? Yes, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to see Zan and Chiana, and uh, Chiana's lying down in... Zan's lab. Zan has managed to heal Chiana because uh, Roger got samples for her and uh, is able to come least, up with an antidote. Or at least she's working on an antidote when we... Uh... Yeah, like she's she's tending to, to Chiana. But then she kind of collapses a little bit and is sort of struggling to stand up. So she sits down and Dargo comes to her. Yeah, Dargo helps her up Yeah, she was there as well. And so she says... Well, I like it. He kneels down and looks and is looking up at Zan and she says, you know... Uh, my protector and oh then we get uh, another emotional kind of scene with her and Dargo and she basically says did you know when I was first uh, imprisoned here I'd heard that there was a Luxon warrior who was also there and I, I had hoped that he would um, succumb to hyper rage and kill me yeah because at that point she had no way idea how she was ever going to live on yeah and she said you know how ironic that you know this is what we've become now he says, there's a planet out there that can heal you, we'll be fine. And she's like, it's a nice thought, but... The intent is noble, but yeah. the resolution is in the hands of the gentle goddess. Yeah, so she's very much resigned to her fate, and it's like, oh, really? It's emotional. I also like how Jen at some point in this scene wants to get up again. It's like, okay, fine, you know what the problem is, and I can get up. Uh, oh. Nope. <laughs> and Zan says, no, lay down. Because earlier she says the treatment and she'll uh, she'll live, but then uh, she says lay down because the more you move, the more blood you pump around, uh, and the bigger the chance becomes if I turn out to be a liar. <laughs> you make me make a liar out of me. Yeah, I think she says. So I do like those scenes that show like how far everyone has come, and we get that kind of resurgence of like Zan and Dargo, who were very close like early on in season one, and we kind of bring that back for this episode. Then we go, uh, Rigel and Stark are in the next scene. Mm. And uh, Rigel says, it's too bad about Pilot. I liked him. Sark says, yeah, he liked you too. He's like, why what? He never said that. It's like, oh, he he told me. Uh, All right, then. (laughs) That's the whole scene. That's really it, yeah. I think... But it it ends up being relevant. It does. So then we cut to Crichton and Jewel back up at command, and he's uncuffed her. He's like, okay... I'm deputizing you. (laughs) And she's like, what? I'm not... I don't know what to do. I'm not cut out for this. And he gives her pulse rifle. And it's like, right, you keep an eye on Niala and keep an eye on these controls. And they're blinking. And once they start going faster, you know, that means it'll be time to separate soon. So you tell us if anything changes. Yeah, if you think it's going to explode, just tell us. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, well, this is ridiculous. This is preposterous. I'm not cut out for this. It's like, do you have any idea what this is like? And... He's like, yeah, okay, everything is exploded, it's blowing up. It's like, listen, we none of us wanted to be here. We're all doing our best. Yeah. We're all thrown together. It's like, this is a, ridiculous. This is insane. And I <laughs> love John's line. He's like, yep, welcome to the Federation Starship SS Buttcrack. 
Cat turns around, <laughs> slaps his butt twice. <laughs> like, that's the actual line. The, the Federation Starship SS butt crack. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, John. I do like how he also mentions, like, I know this wasn't on your itinerary. Yeah. But believe it or not, I know exactly how you feel. She's like, you can't begin to know. It's like, okay, don't have time for this. We just need to make this. Just watch the controls, dampen. <laughs> There's one other thing, though. He gives her a pulse rifle. What else does he give her? Hats? Oh, yeah, combat. Oh, right. Oh, just give it to her. Right. So he gives her the combat. with this. He gives her a com badge when she's still tied up. So he gives her the com badge by putting it down the front of her. He puts it in her cleavage. Dress. In her cleavage, yeah. <laughs> It's like, let's just say what he does, okay? Yeah, I was... Oh, God was like, damn it, John. Really, John? Really? You couldn't have untied her first and then just put it on her... A L- little bit of respect? Thing. Just <laughs> giving it to her? Just like, here you go. Uh, like we said before, no no one on the ship is wholly a nice person. No. John, John can be an asshole jock sometimes. Or... Yes, he can. <laughs> also, like when... Okay, she... that, that, that's unfair for jocks. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but it's I... nice I also like the when she gets the pulse rifle and she's like, but I've never used this before. And I was I was really expecting John to be like, well, you pointed it at me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't bring that I up. I totally on, forgot about I'm that. Like, I really wish they had because it's the same weapon she was pointing at John. And it's like, well, you seem to be okay pointing it at him. Just do that. <laughs> I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. They didn't bring that up, but I was like, oh, they missed, missed, they missed a trick there. Just like a yeah. quick line of like, well, point it at me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, basically, but then he like runs off like, call us when you think the generator's going to blow. Mm-hmm. And so in order for this uh, stuff to work, in order for them to even have a chance, they have to decompress parts of Moya so that they can put all the... I think the idea is that they can they use the remaining power on just everything else so they yeah, turn off non-essentials. I actually thought they had to close hatches because one leak when they're spinning right, uh, yeah. uh, it means they're destroyed. This is another part of the episode where I have no idea what they're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, it's moving very quickly and they're like, okay, we need to decompress Moya. It's it's like buried in there but it's like... I couldn't even fi- find it after two, yeah. while, two times watching this. I couldn't figure out what exact... Like, you figure out what they're trying to do eventually, but yeah. I cannot parse what exactly the plan is they're trying to do. And if the, if they didn't put such an emphasis on it, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, it's something to do with, you know, we need to do this, otherwise we don't have a chance of surviving. Why exactly is not really clear. Certainly not the first time through, maybe not even the second time through, but it's like parts of the ship are broken and we decompress them now, then they won't leak later and cause us any issues while we're trying to starburst something like yeah. that I th- uh, it's uh, the way i read it was that when they spin it if there's a leak anywhere it'll turn into a tear and basically rip the ship apart yeah okay that's yeah. how i read it also it's that like, but the fact that we can't even yeah we can't even agree on we that have different there's, theories there's kind of a problem like yeah okay it's maybe, yeah. maybe maybe not try to go into too much detail on this and just be vaguer <laughs> i think they i, I think they just weren't bigger... specific enough but also not well, bigger. bigger picture. There wasn't really. They didn't do bigger picture. They were just like, okay, vent tears three through whatever. And it's like, yeah, do you open this air bladder. So yeah, it's all the details, but we don't know why those exactly. details are happening. It's like, can you just like step it back a, a little bit? I, I know it's annoying when a character explains something that technically the character they're explaining it to knows. Yeah, but that's never stopped the show before. <laughs> 
I mean, all you have to do is like step it back a little bit and show a slightly larger picture, and we'll and it and it'll be much better. But anyway, you know, the point is they have to decompress areas of the ship, and they have to sort all this out before they starburst. Yes. And what they also have to do, though, is uh, if they're going to reconnect pilot, they have to make sure that pilot's den is still has air in it. It's still compressed. Yeah. And, you know, they're not sure if that's going to be the case because of all the damage to Moya. Yeah, so they need to shut a few hatches. Hmm. So and while they're frantically running around to do all these things, I like that Aaron and John hmm. meet up. And that John just just says, Janna's okay. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> like that simple line that they're just communicating how the rest of the crew is doing. Yeah. It's, it's very simple, but it signifies that family thing. So, yeah, they start decompressing Moya. But then, of course, the serpent shows up yet again. At the most inopportune time. Of course. As it should. <laughs> and it's chasing after Crichton and Aaron. And I love that. I actually really like this. So they're running away from it. And Crichton's like, I've got a plan. And she's like, you always, they never, your plans never work. It's like, yes, they do. It's like, no, they don't. They so never like, work. In detail, they never work. Who cares about detail? <laughs> so they're running away from it. And they go into, I think, come on, they close the door on it. Like, okay, or it might be the hangar bay, but they close the, the hangar bay. The hangar yeah. bay, yeah. They close the door on it, and they're like, okay, no, John's like, okay, trust me, we've got a plan. Run, come on, let's go. And Aaron is like, oh, fine. And they, what they do is they run into, I guess we need, we'll need a name for it eventually, but the mysterious ship yeah. they were in before. And the serpent comes through the door, and John's like, okay, no, wait, I've got an idea. Um, Dargo was pushing and buttons. Like, um, <laughs> John's basically led them into one nice little kill box for the. For the worm, they can't really maneuver there, mm. and it's like no, there was a, something. He did something with the script, and just as the serpent comes in, kick, and the shield basically just cuts off its neck, and the serpent just drops dead. Oh yeah, it's like, okay, oh, we got there. And it's like, see, my plans always work. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> John is the master of thinking on his feet, really. Yeah, for better. Like, for I just love that his plan was like, I'm going to go into this ship and start pushing buttons. And I don't know what any of them do. Like, God damn, John. I mean, it worked. That's like natural, nat 20. It's like, you have no idea how any of this works. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. 20. Perfect. I'm pretty sure John's player took some sort of ability that lets him re-roll once in a while so he can get yeah. that 20 more often. He definitely had advantage on that one. But John pipes in and is like, Okay, why haven't you closed that in that yet? Sorry, we got held up for a bit. And then Sean says, with a tear in her eye, like, well, your excuses have filled Pilot again. Yeah. Because part of the tears are now open the vacuum. Yeah. And I'm like, harsh, San. Harsh. Yeah. So they go back to work, and Crichton finishes closing up uh, his tear. And Erin eventually does hers. And she's like, right, I'm going in to the areas of vacuum, puts on the spacesuit. Mm-hmm. And then we have a scene that is cu- intercut with Zan praying because um, she's you know coming to terms with her imminent death and also trying to look out for Moya and Pilot and you know trying to protect them, wanting them to she, survive. She's basically praying that Pilot is okay and that the crew is protected and stuff like that. Yeah, and she says, you know, even though that I am but a tiny moat, you know, please grant me this one thing that and i will do anything for you in return mm-hmm. and so erin is going through the various areas and she gets to pilot's den she's like the seal is held yeah the then, air is it's thin, thin but it's breathable and at this point i was like oh 
That was the problem with uh, the sealing the hatches. Why why it was so bad that they hadn't sealed them yet? I yeah. didn't know they had to protect pilot from that. It, it was at this point that I realized what yeah. the stakes, part of the stakes, were. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of this episode goes by really quickly. I mean, we're only halfway through the episode. That's the worst part. Well, kind of. Yeah, it's it's it has so much to unpack, and just watching it go by, I was like, oh man, so much has happened. I looked down; it's been twenty minutes of the episode, and I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> I mean, we're taking longer to discuss it all because we've got like bits to pick apart. But man, yeah. there's a lot going on. But anyway, Pilot is still alive because the okay. show doesn't do actual deaths apparently. Well, I mean, Pilot's okay to an extent. He's co- he's not even conscious at the moment. And they're gonna have to wake him up. Hook him up to Moya's adrenal secretions, and they're like, okay, let's let's do that, and uh, <laughs> get get some pumping. Aaron just basically starts kicking him to wake yeah. him up. Like up. Bam! It's like, Bam. wake up! And we also then see Jewel and Crichton, and she's asking him, why is Moya so important to you? Why do you care so much about this ship? And I like what John says, because he says, after 22 cycles, are you still worried about your parents? Mm. Yes. That's exactly how we feel about Moya. She raised us, basically. She's yeah. like a parent. Actually, and yeah, Jewel is talking to Crichton over the comms about this, because Crichton is in the hangar bay working on his... looking at his module. Yeah, they have this chat... And then who should show up behind John? In a tux. Oh, it's, yes. It's Harvey who starts applauding. He's like, brilliant, John, brilliant. Encore, encore. Encore. With John in the role of the, of the cheerleader, riling up his crew in a most harrowing situation. <laughs> and John just turns around, grabs Harvey by the throat, pushes him, apparently against a truck. Yeah, then we cut into, basically, into John's mind. And now John is also wearing a tuxedo. And it's like, you're wearing my dad's suit! Yeah, that's my dad's tux. Take it off, and it's, he looks around, and he's like, oh, this is the truck stop. When we, so they're clearly in, like, John's memory. Yeah. And, and I love Harvey, but he's like, no, John, if we're going to be this, I just want to make sure we look good. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, Harvey's lo- losing a bit of his mind as well. But John says, he's like, hey, you do not talk to me in my mind. If I need something, I will call you. You don't like it, get back in the dumpster. Unacceptable, John. Where you have many distractions, my mind is completely devoted to getting any measure of control. And he's like, no more dumpsters, John. I'm free. And he's like, what do you want, Scorpy? And basically, John's like, okay, what do you want? Make your point. Just make a yeah. point. He's, he's talking about how it's a shame that the ship would go and that he's fighting for something so hard. And John's like, okay, you know everything about me. Make, make the damn point. And he says, you'll do anything to save your ship. So why assume anything less of Niala? Uh, and John's like, oh shit. And then he sort of flashes back into uh, reality and he's like, runs up to Jewel because he left Jewel with. Jewel? Yeah, left Jewel with Niala and he gets there and she's been hit in the head. Oh, yeah. yeah and something that uh, was in an earlier scene when they talked about how. Because um, Jewel was also keeping track of the flashing light. Yeah. And they flash back, like, is it going faster? Yeah, I think so. Did you notice where the calm was at that point? Uh, where was it? The exact, exact same spot that John put it. Apparently, yeah. she never took it out. She never moved. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of the things. Fuck. There's the a fuck. lot. Of, there's a lot of things going on. It's, it's frantic. You don't have time. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little dumb, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but he gets to Jewel. She's been hit in the head, and it's like, oh, great. Now we have to deal with Niala as well. Oh, actually, I should mention how Niala actually gets free. Oh, yeah. It does cut to this. She's talking to Jewel, and she's like, hmm. Uh, oh, look, serpent! And Jewel just screams and melts the restraints even more, so she just breaks out of them and 
bonks her over the head. It's like, <laughs> oh, God damn it, Joel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, John goes into their ship and she said, I should have killed you when you had the chance, you know. And John's like, you lied to us at the start. It's like, it's all your fault. You shouldn't have been in our way. Excuse oh, me? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> we have known that you would pop out of the freaking wormhole. Yeah, I don't think you've done anything about it. Her fault. And, and so she flares up her uh, spines from the side of her head. John gets the gun out and, and she says, I filled this room with basically with explosive gas. And it's like, oh, great. One spark and we go nuclear. Apparently so, very explosive gas. Well, they're also right next to the, the reactor thing. So that's probably not helping. John's like, okay, I'm putting the gun down. But what she said is, like, we've put a beacon on the ship and we've, I've infused it into Moya. In the unlikely event that your ship makes it, they will come and find you and basically find and destroy you because you screwed, because you did this to us. And John's like, oh, great. We're going to have another group of bad guys following us around. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of a bit between, like, frustration and also a little bit of, like, Oh, oh, you're going to send bad guys chasing after us? Oh, like we've got no experience with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I do, I do like for the course. I, I, hope, I hope this isn't an idle threat, because it would be cool to have another faction in... Because mm. Scorpius is not chasing them for a while. No, no, I mean, as far as the crew thinks, Scorpius is dead. I mean, Harvey believes otherwise, but... And Scorpius is fine with that because he has what he wants. Yeah, he's just he's doing his research in the gamut base. He doesn't need to chase after them anymore. He got what he wanted. Nope. But yeah, they've got this face-off in the other ship. Yeah, and when she says what she released, she used some techno babble, and John says, wait, one spark and we go nuclear? And then Yala says, despite everything, your species is the most observant and intelligent I've met. And I'm like, yes! We are class everybody else! Humans good Humans for something! something. Woohoo! <laughs> Suck it, other alien species. Hey. <laughs> so she's getting ready to like throw the spines at them, but Jewel gets in there, and they basically bump into each other, her and Crichton. They get knocked down onto the floor, and she's going to throw the spines at them, but Jewel screams, and so the spines go out, hit Crichton, and just bounce off, because the tips of the spines are made of metal. Yeah, and they melted. And so it's like, all oh, right. manages to subdue. Well, subdue is not exactly the yeah, right okay. word. So there's a fist fight, and just grabs her by the ear, by the side of their head, so she can't use her spikes again. It's like, what's the matter? Can't hear me. <laughs> and just like throws her back, but she, he kicks her, and she falls onto the generator, and just gets vaporized. It's like, oh, well, that's that problem dealt with. That is a highly unsafe generator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, why the hell is it not behind glass? Or at um, least a railing? They don't have OSHA in that part of the uh, universe. Yes. No health and safety. <laughs> what the hell? Yes, so, let, let's also just lock this door up to space with one single button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so Crichton and Jewel go to the generator's control. And at this point, they've managed to get our pilot awake. Barely. He's very groggy. And he comes in over the um, the comms, over the clamshells, like, we need more time for the calculations. It's like, well, we haven't got any. It's like, well, what are the controls? What do we need? What buttons do we push to make this, to make it go? To make and the I, generator go and separate us? And I, and I like that pilot goes like, based on the calculations and data Moya collected in during while I was out. And John's like, no, no, no. We, I believe you to do the calculations. You don't have to explain that. Just tell me what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Also, Jewel at this point is like, just do whatever keeps us out alive. And the pilot's like, 
who's that? And he's like, don't worry about it, pilot. We'll explain later. No, 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 no. John's way worse. He says, don't worry about her, pilot. She's ballast. She's ballast. Yeah, God. Dang. Oh, Hello. man. She just saved your ass. Just like, <laughs> not even two minutes ago, John. That's harsh. <laughs> so, yeah, they've got to initiate Starburst seven microts after they turn the generator on. And... While they're trying to figure out the controls of the generator, Zan comes in and is like, okay, no, you do it this way because it's the helix of this uh, pattern. And Jules like, oh, right, yeah, okay, I get that. So they know how to operate the generator to separate the ships. John says, okay, pilot, shall we do manual control in case you go under again? Yeah. So Pilot's like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's do that. But Aaron says, like, we don't have to be as close as you think, because Moya's weight should give us an advantage with the gravitational pull of the wormhole. It took me the second uh, yeah. to realize what that actually meant. And Same. It makes sense. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, pilot uh, hands over manual control, and uh, Aaron is now with uh, Crichton, and he says, okay, Aaron, you got to fly Moya, because you're better with this than I am. You're better at flying Leviathans, which, you know, we've seen. And Aaron's like, no, 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 I, I haven't flown a wormhole before. It's like, no, 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 you do that. I'll go to this end. And Zan actually stops John's, like, no. Yeah, because John goes to the controls uh, of the generator, and they're like, I know what you're trying to do, John, and no. And Aaron's like, what's happening? And Jewel chimes in, it's like, well, just a guess, but somebody's going to have to activate the generator. Yeah, someone's going to have to turn it on, and the, the ships will phase out of each other. But that yeah, means the other person will be on the other ship. Yeah, that's when everybody realizes that. And John's like, it's fine, I'll just do it, come back over, everything will be fine. And, and Aaron tries to stop, and is like, step away, I'm going to do it, I'm going to sacrifice myself. myself. And then... Come on. And Sorry, I just like that John is first up at it, because he's like, I think partially because he feels guilty for even being prepared to... You know, value the wormholes over everybody else. The thing he says is like, I put these things here. I'm going to have to take them away. And I'm like, no, you didn't put them there. It's not your fault you were just <laughs> looking at a wormhole. Yeah, but I think he's feeling guilt over, you know, considering the wormhole technology yeah. more valuable than his friends. That's probably it. And then Zan chimes in and is like, you two are usually always so rational. So the solution should be simple. And John's like, no, 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 no. We're going to find you a planet. It's going to be fun. Zan says, the illness ravaging my body is frighteningly efficient. It's a long shot. The planet is a long shot at best. Yeah, and she takes off her hood, and they, the other two now see for the first time all the pustules on her head. And it's just, it's really bad. It's got so, so much worse. You could clearly see Aaron and John being like, oh, oh, we didn't know it was this bad. And Stark hears this, because they are open comms to everybody for the for the plan of, you know, what they're getting ready to do. But Stark just yells, no, but he can't get out of where he is. Yeah, he just starts running. Because he's been closed off by them, you know, venting certain areas. He's like, decompression, I can't get out. And he's like, okay, okay, which way, which way, which way? And he goes another direction. And also closed. And yeah. Zan says, you know, I've chosen this path while I still can. I'm still sound of mind enough to make that choice. Yeah, and, oh, God. Okay, so they cut. we cut between everybody, you know, talking over the comms and... Just yeah, just so you know, there is no way we can do this speech justice. No, we can't. Unless we, do, even if we do it verbatim, it's still not going to be no. anywhere near as good because it is heavily emotional. Because it's by Dargo says you're needed here, and Zan says I believe you know I believe I was at one time, but and not then a family was born. And it's like yes, and yeah, you know, I, I like that because I remember what you said at the end of season one. It's like that was the theme of season one, and they explicitly like saying you know you. This was has become a family, and Dargo says, "Well, you birthed it." Yeah, and Shiana says, "Which oh, makes sense because she's yeah, a group mom." Exactly. 
Shiana says, you know, we loved you. And okay, I actually wrote down a few things for this scene. Crichton says, no, I can do this easily. And it's like, listen, if it's so easy, and if I am so valued and I am so wise, then trust me on this and let me do it. You will honor my words. And she says, goes around everybody, oh, almost everybody. So good. And so she says, sensitive Dargo, exuberant Chiana, wise Rigel, selfless Aaron, and innocent Crichton. The innocent Crichton I slightly disagree with, but... I mean, it kind of has been his thing of being the new the new guy exposed that's to everything. Fair. That that's that sort of innocence. Not that he's yeah. not that he's not guilty. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. no, the kind of innocence of being the new guy. But I, I love, love that love she it. says sensitive Dargo. Yes. I love that so much. And that's what cause... that's what we've been saying, is like that is Dargo, that he's the sensitive emotional guy. Yeah, and that that the series it's known that all along. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. That's been his journey. That's where he's been going. Started out as the, you know, uh, angry warrior, and now he has become or has shown his sensitive side throughout this whole series. And <laughs> and there are tears in everybody's eyes, and everyone is crying. It cuts to Pilot. Even Pilot is weeping. Yeah. It's so emotional. It's such a heavy scene, and... It's hard not to get a little choked up about this. Mm, mm. And it's underscored beautifully well. It's shot wonderful. Mm. And then as she's doing the line, <laughs> I like when she's putting in the coats, Aaron tries to stop her and John has to pull her away. And, and Aaron is like, no, no, and crying. And Aaron's and like, no, I'm going to do this. And she activates the controls and it starts to fade out. And we hear another a few lines of like, Goodbye, that and Rigel says this. Um, I love, I love, I love how he says this because Rigel like, says, "Goodbye, you wonderful blue bitch." <laughs> but he says it in such a way; it's reverent. Yeah, you, the line delivery is perfect. I think it's "Goodbye, you, you big beautiful blue bitch." Like it's yeah. yeah. There's also something else I wanted to mention is that she Zan before she goes, she actually kisses Crichton on the mouth. And the reason I bring mm. this up is because well, remember when they first met is she did the whole ear kiss thing. Yeah. And now it's like kissing him on the mouth, which is his way of, you know, it, it's it's showing like how much she cares about Crichton, of course, and but it's kissing him on the mouth in the way that he it's his custom. His hink, yeah, exactly. Not like the ear kiss like they did when they first met and it's like I, I really like that little detail. Mm-hmm. But then that's when she like backs off and then Crichton has to hold Aaron back, and she activates the controls. And yeah. as she shifts away, stark scream and yeah. ugly sob. Holy oh, hell, that's good! It's so well done by Paul Goddard. Like it's, oh. it's, it's, it's the kind of thing. It's like you very rarely get the um, ugly cry yeah. on on TV, because typically it's like a few tears and maybe just like. <sighs> Uh, you know, but like the ugly, visceral emotion of that heart-wrenching yeah. song, and he really goes for it, and he just yells out and collapses onto the floor. But he then hears a voice in his head say, "Stark," you know, and it's Zan, t- you know, communicating with him mm-hmm. spiritually, basically, and says, "Guide me to the place of rest, so I can share my last moments with the man I love." And it's like, yeah, oh. It's like, oh. oh. Also, before yeah, sure, twist a knife. Yeah, before she goes, she says, "Everyone, you know, grow through your mistakes. Redemption will find you." And Crichton says, "Just gotta wait for the wheel." Yeah, and she says, "Thank you and goodbye." 
and so she's initiated the sequence. The ships separate, mm-hmm. and they we phase s- out of each other. And we see the ship. We see Zahn standing in the other ship as it drifts away to the edge. And we can see her in the window, sort of looking out at everybody, and you know, doing a prayer that, that we've seen her do before. You know, putting her hands by the side of her head, moving them down. Mm-hmm. And the, the ship sh- gets disintegrated. And she says, the crew cry out for her, and she gets disintegrated, and the ship... Well, the ship explodes, and she then fades away, and is... The ship gets disintegrated, but we see the uh, a golden outline of Zan that then shifts and moves away, almost like she's ascended. A little bit like that, but it's her uh, dis- disintegrating, and she's gone. And now it's like, okay, we've still got to get Moya out of here. Yeah. And they're like, okay, Aaron do the piloting and it gets thrown off and like goes grabs the controls again wrenches it it's thrown off again and it's all hectic and crazy and we cut and to we an, fade to black we fade to black we cut well it's an ad break and then when we come back Moira's is fine <laughs> it's like it's weird again it's one of those things weird watching it uh, as a just all the way through without any actual breaks because it's, it's the sort of thing where it's like, oh, okay, we're not going to get them just exiting. It's the no. sort of thing where if it was actually an ad break and you took some time, it's like then it comes back. It it probably feels less jarring of like. It's, it's still like it's one st- moment they're in danger, and the next moment we see them, everything is fine. Yeah, it would have been nice just to see them actually manage to escape. I'm assuming that they didn't have the footage, they didn't have the budget to also animate uh, Moya coming out of a wormhole, but no, even sure. then they could have... I'm sure they did. I think it's just like a, a some some point in the direction of just like we... Uh, maybe a cut for time or something, because there's already so much happening in the episode. Yeah, that's fair. So Moya is okay. Well, Moya is out of the wormhole, still heavily damaged. They still have yeah. a lot of repairs to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rydal's with Pilot... And looking after him, says, "Are you okay?" And patting him, and pilot's and, like, "I appreciate it, but you never paid this much attention to me before." And P- Rachel's like, "That's because I like you, pilot. I like you a lot." And, and I'm like, is, uh, is is Rachel flirting with pilot? <laughs> no, but he says, "I but I know Zan liked you a lot as well." And yeah, I think that's never, more what it is. You know, and you never got the chance to say goodbye. But pilot says, "Well, when I was unconscious, she came to me in my mind." And talk to me, and I already miss her. Yeah. And then the next scene is Jewel and Chiana walking through the corridors. Yeah. Oh, God. And Chiana's still limping a bit because of the uh, needle in her leg earlier. Yeah, and, and Jewel stumbles over something. She's complaining about it. Hey, wait for me. It's like, well, listen, if you want to get around here quickly, it's just, you know, get fitter or get a better pair of shoes. It's, yeah. You have some. Do you have any idea how much. These shoes would cost you, and I love Janice like three sex acts, well, six for you probably. So it's it's not just out of nowhere because Jewel says like, "Do you have any idea how much these cost you, Ali Hall?" Oh right, yeah. Oh, that's why Janice like, yeah, for me, I guess about three sex acts, maybe six for you. <laughs> and Jewel is kind of giving her a hard time, and Chiana just is like, "Okay, I just lost one of my very best friends." So, so I'm all um, nerves right now. Yeah, because Jules says, you've got a lot of the nerve talking to me like that. It's like, yeah, I'm nothing but nerves right now. If you want somebody who will like you, get a mirror. Yeah. That was like, oh, but fair. Yeah. God. This one is fair. Yeah. <sighs> and then after Jules and Chiana, we then go to see Aaron and Stark. Um, mm-hmm. And they're in 
Zan's lab and Stark is working on something. We don't see exactly what. He says to Aaron, like, you don't have to keep hovering, you know? Aaron says, well, I thought you'd be more upset. And he's like, well, I've already administered 15,000 people to death. What's 15,001? And Aaron counters with, well, the woman you love. And he just slowly turns around. And he's holding a scalpel, a sharp knife of some kind. Mm -hmm. And I love that Aaron just takes it out of his hands. She's not afraid, clearly. She's like, I, I could take you, but I'm just going to take this. She's, she's concerned for the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he says, you know, most people that I administer are resistant. Hmm. Zan was not in the slightest. Imagine being so at peace with yourself, so certain of that what comes next is a better place. That, yeah, that you are fully willing to go to go through with it and she doesn't you know Zan wouldn't want us to be upset but wants us to be positive in her spirit and Aaron says to Stark like, well can you do that he says not always and yeah at those and then, at those times I don't mind if you hover over me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> almost, uh, almost a little bit like saying look I might need somebody to keep me in check once in a while, and yeah. could you do that for me? It's like, oh, I don't mind if, yeah, I don't mind if you do that. No. Uh, all right. So our next scene is with Crichton. Yeah, and he's sitting in Zan's room. Yeah, one of the destroyed areas of uh, Moya from before. Mm -hmm. And we pan across first, and we go over the mirror in which we see Zan. Just a brief reflection of Zan. It's yeah. like, oh. And we pan over her robes that are from there, and then we pan to John sitting there. In front of some, I think, some candles that are out, yeah. and he's just, you know, looking around, and... We go into his head, where he's sitting in the with Harvey on the trunk of the car again. At the, at the drive-in, watching yeah. a memory of the Three Stooges. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he, John's in a suit, and Harvey's just in his regular clothing again. Yeah. And Harvey says just one thing. Why is it always the gentle ones who pay the price for someone else's obsession? And that's, that's rich coming from you, uh, Scorpy. That's rich yeah. coming from you. Still, though, it's a good line. <laughs> it's a very good line. And that's that's where the episode ends. Yeah, John throws the bottle at the screen. Well, because he's, yeah, he's drinking and then he just chucks it. And yeah. that's the end of the episode. Whew. Oh, lots of emotion in this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like, okay, okay. let's let's talk about how we felt about this episode as a whole. Um, and yeah, let's we talk about that in. first, and then we talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Well, okay, so, like I said earlier, this was a very fast-paced episode. A lot of things happening, a lot of uh, follow-up just mm -hmm. immediately on from the first part. And like I said, I think this episode works a lot better if you watch it back to back because coming back in after like a week you have to kind of get yourself back up to speed because they just dump you right in at the beginning yeah. with like all of this stuff going on also there's a lot of parts this you well, say it's fast paced yeah but it's fast pa it's it's paced in a way that is unclear it's not so much it, it's, it's frantic the, it's frantic is what it is i don't entirely agree on that it's it's not just frantic it's unclear because remember yes. the end of episode two mm. Of uh, season two, sorry. Yeah. There's a, f a few episodes during the the Shadow Depository. Right. There's an episode that's at least half of it is one big action scene. The pace is yeah. frantic. Everything goes quick. Uh, we also have that in the heist episode at the start of the three parter. Everything is just tick 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 tick. But everything's really clear in those. Exactly. Episodes. Yeah. And in this case, it's not it's, so much. Yeah, frantic. But I have no idea. Half the time, I had no idea what the stakes were. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, what we were trying to do, what what would happen if they didn't succeed. 
Yeah, with the whole thing of venting out Moya and why we need to do that. And and apparently the pilot's den was in danger that was never clear. Yeah, they don't... It's me. They, they needed to do a better job of explaining exactly what they were doing. Because like, we watched through it several times and it still didn't pick up on it. Or, or not go into detail too much. Because I think yeah. at some point they're, they're talking about, the like you said, they talk about a lot of the little details, but never the big picture. Yeah. And I preferred it like, leave the details out. We don't need the details. We need the big picture. It, it's like, I think I mentioned this before in the previous episode when they're talking about the reactor of like, it's got, it uses X, this type of radiation and this thing. And it's like, okay, no, what does it do for the story? You know, what's yeah, the, what, what what's do we need function? it for? Yeah. Um, and they kind of got lost in the details in this episode. Uh, which is a shame. It makes me wonder if they cut out a few pieces of explanation here to give the end of this episode more room. Yeah, because they had to fit in a lot of all the emotional side of uh, Zan sacrificing herself, and that and that definitely warrants all of that weight, but it cuts the time away from yeah explaining what's yeah. actually kind of happening plot-wise. And I, I completely get, and I, f- I think it's beautiful that they spent so much time Mm. on virginia hayes last appearance yeah spoilers she's not coming back yeah we you know we've ragged on farscape for doing deaths that don't stick around i was doing that fully in the knowledge that this was going to happen soon (laughs) yeah this was never supposed to happen let's put it that way zan's exit was not supposed to happen but uh virginia hay basically she had a lot of health problems from the makeup yeah, and it was it was affecting her kidneys, and Ooh, uh, yeah, it was that bad. I knew it was the makeup. I didn't know it was this bad. Yeah, it got serious, and that's why in later episodes you see less of her. That's why it's only her head that's visible, and maybe her hands. You know, less makeup applied because previously we, you know, they had scenes where she would remove more clothing. Remember, <laughs> in like yeah, 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 yeah. But now it was just her head, and it's like, so yeah, she had to go for her health. Didn't want to leave. But it was, it was, it had to happen. And, and it also makes that speech at the end. That's partially Virginia Hay saying she doesn't, yeah. doesn't want to leave. Yeah, and you know there was the scene when her and Chiana have their final conversation. You know that when they're all doing this, but like particularly Virginia Hay and Gigi Edgeley, they had a lot of trouble shooting their final scene together um, oh. because they had to have their makeup redone because they were genuinely crying oh. because they didn't want didn't want to go and and it's the sort of thing where not just the characters have become a family but you really get a sense from behind the scenes that the crew and the cast did also become a family as well I mean, if you work together so much i think it's, every week I mean, it's it, unavoidable almost yeah um but i think it, for a lot of people on series it's like it's just a job you know but i think for these people it was really they really became a close-knit family to some extent behind the scenes so when this happens you know it's it's sad for everyone involved and it's really unfortunate because virginia hay as an is was really good and mm. brought a lot to the show and but like they say they make a point of saying like she they've grown so much they don't need uh that motherly figure they can move on and feel she isn't needed anymore yeah, they did write a beautiful exit. Like I said, yes, they did purely for the episode. They probably should have cut that a little bit and give more room to um, yeah. the plot. I completely get why they didn't. Yeah, I definitely. completely get why they gave more attention to the uh, Zan's exit. Yeah, and it was very well done, very emotional, and and it sticks. 
like we said, yeah. this, this that's why I'm glad that they paid so much attention to it, you know, because mm. it's like, no, this time it's for real, you know. She yeah, ain't this, coming back. This, like you said, that this is it. And yeah. it, ma- it makes it interesting for the actress playing Jewel. Yeah, I mean, she's stepping into that family. I'm, I'm prepared to spoil that as well. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing: Jewel does stick around, um, yep. and you know, fans of Farscape and people coming back to this series, uh, like like I am, um, will know that going in. And I, I knew that going in that mm-hmm. at some point Jewel, you know, joins the crew, and also that Zan leaves. And it's like, well, okay, this is going to be an interesting new dynamic with her around as the kind of stuck-up princess. You know, but, but also for the actress playing, it's like joining a family that's already going. Yeah, that's going that to be, be interesting. That's going to be difficult. But yeah, Zan's exit was very well handled, and it's such a shame that we lose Zan because of uh, what had been happening behind the scenes. But it's definitely the right call because you know, got to look after your health. Yeah, that's yeah. always more important. Mm. And so, uh, just a, uh, I guess, a round of applause for Virginia Hay, and that's the yep. last we will see of her at Zan. Um, and she will miss her character, I thought, certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh, so other than that, which was, you know, obviously a huge part of this episode, like we said, there was a lot of confusing bits, a lot of... I liked the pace of it to an extent because there's a lot of stuff happening and it's very exciting, but mm-hmm. it gets very confusing as well. Yeah. It's really tricky for me. If we didn't have... If Dan hadn't left, if, if if this hadn't happened this episode, if it just had to stand on the merit of the plot and the things happening and the you know the separation of the two ships, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as high because it's very confusing. Because it's, yeah, it's very it li- then it's jumbled. then it's a best of three. With all of the emotional weight behind Zan's departure, it bump it has to bump it up. Like I feel, <sighs> which sucks because yeah, because yeah. there are legitimate problems with the rest of I, the episode. Yeah, I. I... I do kind of want it. I feel like four is not an incorrect rating. No, you're probably right. It's just but I'm like there uh, are some major problems with getting you know, it just on the back of Sans' emotional yeah. ending, which was really well done. Yep, don't get me yep, wrong. Yep. But the rest of the episode is just like almost seems like just a build up to that. <laughs> but I feel like it's not like because they set up Zan dying for so long. When this does happen, it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere. No. You know, it doesn't. There isn't that disconnect, even though you've got the plot of the two ships, mm-hmm. but then also Zan having Zan sacrificing herself and the emotional weight behind that. They do work together. They are meshed very well, and it makes sense for the episode for Zan to be like, "No, I'm going to sacrifice myself." It's like we said before with the previous episodes and Sons and Lovers, where you have two different things that don't mesh well together. The emotional story of one set of characters and the plot of the episode yeah in this episode again they mesh together actually very well so that it does work it's just that part of the plot of the episode actually is confusing and detracts from the episode as a whole yeah i'm gonna give it a four purely in honor of virginia hey yeah i mean say this if they had done a much better job of making it clear what the plan was what they were doing with moya then we would probably be talking about a five here because if you we'd get, at least be considering it. Because if you get that right and all of the emotional stuff with uh, Zan, whoa, yeah, 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 whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. that'd Agreed. be really good. But yeah, they they take points off for you know not making it very clear, and hopefully it's not just us <laughs> being really thick. But um, I mean, we watched it through twice. It's, and at, it's didn't at least get it. at least both of us had different opinions yeah. on what actually was happening. So I'm. It wasn't abundantly clear to everyone. 
<laughs> because we'd have to be included in everyone. Yeah. All right. So that was wait for the wheel part two of self-inflicted wounds, and that's uh, that's saying goodbye to Virginia Hay as Zan and. Now things are really changing. It's the mm. first major cast member to leave the show permanently. So it'll be really interesting to see how things change now. We shall see. We so. shall see. What's up next week is episode five called uh, Different Destinations. Okay. Which is, it seems to be just a thing of the week. And it's uh, Stark's power combines with goggles that look backwards in time. Let's, let's leave it at that for now. Okay. <laughs> We will see about that episode, and I feel like we're going to be dealing with the loss of Zan for quite a few episodes after after this. Yeah, that sounds right. All right, so yeah, that was Self-Inflicted Wounds. That two-parter is done, and now we move on. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. I think we went a little bit long on this one because there, there was a lot to unpack. It was densely, densely packed, especially yeah. in the first half. Yeah, and then a lot to talk about with Zan leaving and... Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that so you know f- forgive us if we if we go along on these sometimes because you know sometimes there is a lot to talk about anyway we'll be back next week with uh, episode five like i said and in the meantime you can find us all around the web i'm on twitter at can't wear hats red is at for dolkin and tree yep you can go to can'twearhats.co.uk for previous episodes of the podcast which is now officially i can Say this hundred yep. percent now. We now we, we already know this. So the one you you heard to listen to last week, <laughs> it was already on iTunes. We yeah. didn't know that yet because we record in advance. But uh, we are on iTunes now, so uh, you can find Fast Get Rewatch on iTunes. And if you want links to uh, to all that, they're all on uh, the website carmelhats.co.uk. And you know, this may, also maybe... means that we have to start saying please rate yeah. and review the episode. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just gonna you know and higher it's rated. Like, comment, people. subscribe, all one word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that means other people will see it pop up on the yeah. desktop. Give it, give it an honest review every. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to review every episode, give it an honest review. <laughs> I don't believe all of our episodes are five stars. <laughs> I'm not that arrogant. <laughs> not that arrogant. Yes, but uh, yeah, it'd be much appreciated if you could uh, do that on iTunes. It's like it, it feels such a tough thing to say, but it, it is genuine. Would be genuinely cool. Look, and sorry, we never ask anything. Listen, that's <laughs> This is my first time with iTunes, okay? i got to make sure I do it right. Okay, no, okay. Rate, review, like, comment, subscribe. And you can support the podcast on Patreon. i got to get that in as well. That as well. <laughs> Patreon.com slash can't that supports this podcast and uh, everything else that they do. So that's enough of that spiel from me. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody, and goodbye. 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 All right, Red, uh, there we go. All done. I guess I'll see you next week. No, Hats, I won't be back. I have been, and always will be, your friend. Are you just lying on the floor for dramatic effect? No. (sighs) Ah.